Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Thank you for being here with us today as we kick off another episode. And uh, I know it's been uh, a couple weeks since our last talk and our last conversation, um, but that's okay. You know, sometimes that's okay. I give you guys a break. Um, although, you know, I'm happy for anybody to listen, but uh, it doesn't appear like everyone's beating down my door to hear what I have to say, but it's okay. Some of you out there are, are probably listening, and I appreciate you listening, and hopefully you have me, you're following me. Um, I have a few followers, <laughs> just a few. Two of them are family. <laughs> the other two, I'm not sure who you are, but thank you for listening. I, I do deeply appreciate it, and I appreciate all the time you spend with me. Um, thank you for everything that you've done for me. Thank you for supporting me um, and just listening out there. All right, so let's get started and uh, see what we have to talk about today. So let's let's kick off the theme today um, a little bit. So let's see here. What this is a a, a group that I play regularly. You probably heard them before, Dokken, right? And uh, it, this is a different tune that I think you'll you'll like. I I personally like their songs, but um, here we go. Right, everybody into the fire <laughs> you know where I heard that song I heard that song um, surprisingly on I think it's on Nightmare on Elm Street part 3 along with another song um, uh, I forget the name into your dreams or something like that um, let me see it now you got me thinking now because you know I want you guys to know you know um,
Let's see. Dream Warriors. Yeah, that's the name of it. And there was even a music video. Yeah, so I suggest you guys check it out. It's pretty neat. Being that we're in October, Halloween, ghouls, monsters, and 31 days of horror on AMC. <laughs> so that's, uh, you know, I, I know we're getting close to the holidays when, when we start getting in October, right? Pretty scary. But there's also a very other important um, day that is in October, October 2nd which is my wedding anniversary. October 2nd, 2010, right? 11 years, right? Together, right? And what a 11 years it has been, right? And that's gonna be part of our talk today is just kind of going through, you know, marriage and and talking about my wife a little bit and and I know I should have probably did this pod you know two weeks ago and I'm sorry to say I didn't um, or at least before that but uh, today's the time you know nothing nothing like uh, the present to do this now so uh, but let me just say you know um, Mary Delia October 2nd 2010 met her in 2008 um, was at a company called ACS and um, you know it was after a couple years of uh, tumultuous ad- uh, issues especially in 2007 um, where I really struggled you know especially as many of you well know 2007 I I took the drastic step to to try to really finish myself off obviously I was unsuccessful and I never tried again but you know God had a plan or he has a plan I know he does right and um, 2008 was an an incredible year It was also a very difficult year because you know when I was working for a company called ACS um, which is a very large company you know I don't they're still around today but the, the, the department, the division that I was part of, is I don't think it exists anymore. Um, but there was a, but there was a, um, a new coworker who joined my life. And her name was Shayna. And uh, I know, and I believe God brought her in my life for a reason and one of the reasons was to introduce me to my future wife Delia Delia who is older than me you know about nine years and I had just been coming off you know still recovering trying to um, make myself better make myself healthier make myself a better person stronger and I was getting there. I was living at home with my mom and grandfather, which was not easy. Okay. But God knows, you know, God will put things in our life, situations, people, when he feels we're ready and many times. And 
he put Shana in my life at first. I didn't have a friend in the world, to be honest with you. Um, she became my friend. She was a nice woman. She uh, introduced me and to her family and friends. And uh, the weird thing is, okay, so back then, 2008, I was, how old was I? One, let's see here. Two thousand eight. Hold on. Hold on one second. Yeah, I was about twenty-eight years old. So I'm uh forty-one now. And thirteen years ago, you know. And so it was a it was a while ago. It was a different lifetime. And uh, I didn't have any close friends, um, you know. And she came into my life, and uh, you know, she invited me to into her home. And uh, she, you know, she's married herself. She was married at the time, or she still is, obviously, as far as I know. Um, but um, and she had a a, a little baby. And um, I would go to her house and, and visit with her. And, you know, we'd spend time together after work. And, and then eventually she would, I would carpool with her in the morning. Um, her husband was frequently away because he was a musician, a working musician. So he would travel a lot and I would stay with her. And um, I didn't realize it till later in life, you know, especially even when I met my future wife, how inappropriate that was. And I, w I didn't know any better, I guess, you know, being alone with a married woman and her, her two-year-old son um, while her husband was away, you know, who knows what could have happened, you know, I don't think anything would have, but it's still just the look and looks of things of being alone. And personally, I would never want my wife to be alone with a, a young man. Um, it doesn't matter if I, if, if, if I feel like he won't, he or she won't do anything, you know, it's just it's not right and uh but she apparently didn't care and i i really was too naive and i was too you know in a sense tunnel visioned to really focus on uh, around me and focus on that because it, it just was a it wasn't a problem but over time you know especially when she introduced me to my future wife delia it became a big problem our relationship you know, got rocky. Our friendship got rocky. Uh, we are no longer friends anymore. Um, I ended the friendship in 2015. I think it was like December 12th or something. Uh, December 12th or December, I forget. It was, yeah, December. It, it was really like right after my mother had passed in 2015. And my mother's date of death is December 9th. And, um, Really what did it is she tried to call and give her condolences and I really didn't want to talk to her anymore, you know. Uh, prior to that, we, we had like a big falling out and, and you know, we argued about something and I, I got upset with her about something and, you know, I just got tired. I got fed up. It was always like that and I, I, I felt like me and my wife were, were always trying to appease her, make her happy whenever she was upset 
or mad with us, we'd go kiss her ass, right? And just run to her and, and drop everything and just go try to make everything best. And we shouldn't have been, we, we shouldn't even have been doing that. You know, we should just have, me and her eventually, my wife should have let the relationship go a lot sooner than that. Um, there was a time where we broke up, um, you know, in 2009, because it was just really difficult. She was getting involved in our relationship and we were letting her, which was our fault. Um, and then eventually we had to, we wanted to spend time, you know, we need to spend time alone without those distractions of her. Um, unfortunately, I still worked with her at the time. I saw her every single day and, um, it was difficult. It was difficult. And, um, and so eventually I left the company and I went to go work somewhere else. And, uh, you know, I still saw her and me and, you know, my wife, uh, continued the relationship and, you know, we, we had our, our rocky times too. Um, there was an age difference, as you know, that was a difference. There's also a cultural difference. You know, my wife is, uh, from El Salvador, different cu culture. She wasn't born here. She had an accent, which is not a problem. She had a different way of thinking. Um, she was a, a domestic housekeeper, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but she, and plus she was not a, a citizen at that point. You know, she became a citizen and permanent resident when we got married, you know, so, um, so she didn't really have the protections like many of us in the United States do have, right? Um, but she was a hard worker, you know, she worked with a, a wealthy Jewish family in, um, for, you know, many years since 2015 up until the point of they firing her in 2012, uh, um, you know, so there was that, right? But it was one of those moments where, you know, you know, in 2010, we got married fairly quickly, right? I loved her and I do love her, I should say. I loved her and I love her. I love her more and more every day, you know? And, you know, yes, our relationship has changed like any relationship over the years, you know, it's great. It's not perfect. There are faults of myself that I try to overcome, get better at. And, you know, there's things that she tell me to try to help me, you know, and, I, and sometimes I take it as criticism. Um, because I know my imperfections. I know things that I could be doing better to be a better supportive husband, a better, you know, father at times. And I struggle. For many of you know, I've struggled for many years and I've, I've struggled with depression and anxiety and, and, and different aspects of my life that, you know, I involve her in, but I try not to involve her too much. It's good because I don't want her to be concerned or worried, you know, because it's, it's something that I struggle with to this day. Now, it's not like it once was in 2006 and seven, And before that, before I met her, things um, improved mentally for my mental health when I had her in my, have her in my life, you know. Um, it was even hard when she, you know, went away a few months ago to spend time with her family for a couple weeks. And that was even difficult, you know. And this just shows that my heart does love her. 
and my daughter, of course. Um, but it hasn't been easy. Personally, I, I, I think about what more I could have given her and what more she deserves. You know, there were points in my life where I, there's things that happened to her that, that, that she doesn't deserve. You know, like, you know, moving from our nice town at one point in 2015 um, to moving to my father's house in South Central Los Angeles, which I consider, you know, at the time, the devil's house, right? In a sense of, not because my father was a horrible human being, but because in that house, there, there was an entity, a spirit, or spirits that, that, that lived there. And I, I'm sure they still live there today. And it was, it, it, it's what took a hold of me in 2007 and those years because I was pretty much just in my room. Um, my tradition was to, obviously when I was working at the time, to go to work, you know, um, come home, sit in front of the tube, you know, eat my dinner. You know, sometimes I, I believe I had a game console at that point, you know, PlayStation or something like that, which got my mind off my worries at times. Um, and then on the weekends, I would, you know, essentially I would, um, you know, you know, clean my, you know, clean the house up. And then I would traditionally go to go do my shopping, go to Target, um, you know, buy a few things, go to the movies um, when I was, when I didn't have anybody, right? Um, and that was my life. It was a very depressing life at times, right? It was a time where, you know, I don't know what happened to those years in my life. They just disappeared. They were gone. And maybe it's a good thing I don't remember them. I don't know. I, I look back on, on things like pictures um, of my life, times during that time, and, and to be sad, I, to, I can't remember them. But I do know that I was probably very depressed. I wasn't happy. I was looking for things in my life um, that weren't there yet like a relationship, right? Like a girlfriend. Because prior to that, especially even during college and even after college and before college, I was always searching for somebody. Love, a relationship, companionship. And I wasn't finding it. I was getting rejection. Right? And it was a very difficult thing to go through in my life at that time. Prior to meeting my wife, I wasn't in a relationship. My last relationship prior to that was in 2000, I think it was. I didn't have any female callers. I didn't have anybody who even wanted me. All right. And it was, it was, and I definitely tried. Now, one of the areas that I feel really impeded 
me finding people was my weight. I was overweight. One would say maybe I was even obese. Right? Something I've struggled with for most of my life. And today I just, I did a a blog post. And it was titled, Is the Body Positively Social Movement Toxic? And thinking about that. Is it? Now, what really triggered me to think about this, right? Not only thinking about my own struggles with my weight, my own struggles with where I'm at with my health. And I'm not saying I have bad health. I'm in fairly decent good health. I'm not sick. I don't have any major diseases. I don't have any major things like high blood pressure or diabetes or anything like that as far as I know. I've I've never experienced that. Um, I've been pretty healthy most of my life other than the fact that I've been obese and overweight. And and that itself is, is, I think, in my opinion, is uh, fixable, right? But it also affected my future relationships. It also affected people who want to be around me, who would... Who, who wanted to give me a chance to, um, to be in their life. And nobody wanted me, other than my wife, of course. There's something she saw in me. There's something that she, and, and I've talked to my wife about this, like, well, you know, looking back at pictures of myself when I, when I met my wife, and I, I frankly didn't like the way I looked. I frankly felt like I was just overweight. And she said, no, I like the way you were, right? Maybe for many years, even in high school, when I look back on pictures, I guess I didn't focus as much on that because that maybe I should have. The, the, the problem is that in my life, I grew up with obesity. I grew up with overweightness. I grew up with that in my family, right? And I guess I just didn't really notice it before because my family never really made an issue about it with me or really talked to me about getting healthier. Maybe because they were struggling with their own issues. My father especially. He was a a large man. You know? I mean, there's a difference from what he was today, back then, to what he is today. And it is different in a good way. But he was a large man, regardless. My mom's weight fluctuated. You know? And, and that was an account of her, her probably her, her many ailments and sicknesses. And, you know? Uh, and, and also, you know, my sister struggled and my aunts struggled. And it was, it was a fam- it's a family issue. You know, many of people on my mom's side are large people, you know. Now, maybe they're just happy with the way they are. And if they are, that's great. 
Now, one of the things I was thinking about body positivity is that the fact that, you know, we, we live in a culture where it, it just seems like being obese and being overweight is perfectly acceptable. Where some of you may think about, well, Joseph, I think you're missing the point. Like body positivity is about accepting yourself and loving yourself the way you are. But I ask the question and I think about this. What it, why? Why should we? Why should we accept us being obese? Why should we accept being overweight? Huh? Why? And I'm not saying we have to have to be toothpicks, all of us out there, right? I'm just saying, why can't we all grow to be healthy weights within, and some of you may not consider this a very, I don't know, sustainable way of measuring our weight, but the BMI, right? Body, body index, body measurement index or whatever it's called, right? And I know some of you may say, well, that's not really realistic because, you know, and I'll say this, okay. It's not realistic when somebody's BMI is very high, but they have a great deal of muscle. That's different because muscles is heavier than body fat. Now, you look at somebody like uh, Dwayne Johnson or The Rock, right? Where, you know, you, you look at his BMI and his height and everything and, and he'd be considered probably obese because of how much he weighs, but he's mostly muscle, you know? So that that's different. I'm talking about somebody who doesn't have a muscle in their body and that seems like kind of crazy. Like, well, well, we all have muscles, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, but there are those who, who have a, a great deal of body fat. Um, the, the Rock has probably a very low percentage of body fat because he has mu a lot of muscle. I'm saying what is so wrong with getting us to a healthy BMI within the point of not necessarily having a lot of muscle, but being within a, a, a low percentage of body fat? Why is that such a problem? You know, you, you see, you know, and, and I don't know. Some may feel this is offensive, but you know, do, do I like looking at a 400 pound man or woman? Do, do you know? And you, some of you may say, well, just look away. Why do you have to look at him? You know, what do you have, why do you care, Joseph? Why do you care that a man or woman is 400 pounds? It's, that's their life. That's their health. Let them live the way they want. Don't let the, who are you to judge them, right? And I'm not judging, but maybe I am to a certain degree. Because it's not, in my opinion, it's just not natural to be that heavy. It puts a lot of strain on a body, on a heart, on legs. And, and why do I say that? Because I know. I know it does, for a fact. Because I've lived through it. And I've had family live through it. And I've seen the toll it takes on a body. I've seen the toll that it takes on you know, like celebrities and people that we see that die because they're too obese or overweight or have heart disease or have a heart attack because they're just too heavy. You know, and I was thinking about um, a recent show that I'm watching, uh, which surprisingly I haven't watched ever until now. And it's what a great show. And I, I missed out all these years, which is The Sopranos, right? And um, 
James Gandolfini, obviously, he passed in 2013 through the heart attack, right? The guy was six feet tall. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I'm just looking at, um, thinking about how much he weighed, right? Let's see. Looking at some facts here. Yeah, he weighed about, well, maybe at the time he was a little bit better, but it says he was about 231 pounds. Um, they put it in kilograms at the time of, uh, of his uh, death, which is in 2013. Right. But let me see. And I could tell you right now, you know. My heaviest weight, and I'm 5'8", was probably around 225, 230 possibly. I was afraid to look at times. I think around 2006, which is right before I attempted, you know, what I did, um, was probably around 225. I think they even weighed me when I was at the hospital, right? Um, so I was just reading here about James Gandolfini that, you know, heart attacks often manifest on holidays when you're not eating the normal meals. You eat excessively, indulging in high fatty foods. This causes the blood to thicken. The result is a blood clot, which can rupture, resulting in blockage of blood flow to the heart causing heart attacks and sudden death right he was in Italy celebrating the 8th grade graduation of his 13 year old son Michael and was to appear in a film festival in Sicily according to news reports his son discovered Gandolfini stricken in his hotel room an ambulance rushed to the hospital but he was pronounced dead shortly after um, so you know another thing is I, I've I had my grandmother, you know, who had a heart attack, right? Um, she was only 55 and she was a thin woman, you know? Um, but I think part of that was like, you know, stress, you know? I think mostly, you know, looking at back, at, I, I was just watching an episode, um, Of, and he weighed himself now I and I think at the time and I know I'm not I'm trying not to get stuck on um, James here but um, he weighed I think like 280 right so he had a BMI of about 35 35.5 55 right right now 
not to get hung up on this. I am about a 25% BMI. It's getting there. I'm getting to, I, I have to drop a few more pounds um, to get below the, what's considered normal, right? So, but I'm not done with my weight loss. Um, I, I, I've lost, well, what is it? Over probably 55 pounds. So I, I've, I've lost, you know, last time, let's say here, one not that I want to tell you my weight or anything. Um, yeah, about 45 pounds. 45 pounds I've lost. I want to lose another maybe 10. 10 to 15 if possible, right? Um, but why is that important? You know, it took me, started my weight loss journey in January of this year. Exercise almost every day, eating right drinking lots of water do I splurge do is there things that I do that maybe I have to be very careful about I, I I love chocolate okay I love sweets not that I eat a whole bunch of it every day I I usually have like a little a little tiny about like maybe a few a few you know I love um, peanut M&Ms I love things you know <laughs> those are my my vice so to speak um, so I love those and um, I'm trying to get a little bit more healthier options like trail mix, things that have a little bit of a mixture of nuts and, and, and things of, of like I like, you know, fruits and, and you, know, you know, maybe peanuts or something like that that I can enjoy. So that way I'm, I'm not just gorging on chocolate, right? Um, I do a little bit more fast food than I would like to, you know. You know, um, wife is working hard at night. It's hard for her to, you know, always cook for us and that's okay I try to eat healthy options um, while she's out right um, but I do try my best my weight loss journey is continuing um, I need to do like a what I need to do right now is probably in the next couple of weeks I need to do like a detox which is like a bowel detox which just like what it sounds like you're you're cleaning out all the impurities in your bowel all the junk that all the processed food that we eat um, stays in your gut and um, it's something I'm gonna be doing I, there's a, a great product that I've been using for years and I don't do it every month because you really don't need to you want to do it maybe once a year twice a year at the most it's called uh, dr. Schultz uh, bowel detox they have one for liver. They have other ones out there. But this one is particularly very strong. Um, it's very powerful. You know, it makes you crap like, a, like an elephant. And that's because of all that junk that we eat or process in our stomach that, that stays there. You know, it's a detox, right? So if you're supposed to feel better, which I do. My wife is going to do it this week. It takes a couple weeks, it takes about two weeks to go through it completely. Um, there's these pills you take, Formula One, you take it with a meal the night before. Um, you crap like a racehorse the next morning. You do that for quite a few days until you're going about two or three times a day, which sometimes many people don't. Many people take a crap once a day or not even that, sometimes every other day, and that's not normal. 
that's not normal. So this kind of um, restarts your your restarts your bowel movements to make it a little bit more consistent. And then once you get up to that consistency of two to three times um, with going to the bathroom, then you take what's called formula two, which is like a tea. Um, you mix it in water. It's not hot. It's cold. You mix it in a cold water and you drink that five times a day. And that basically what you don't, you drink it on an empty stomach. And what that does to your stomach, right? It soaks up all those impurities, right? It soaks it up. The first formula is really just to make you go to the bathroom consistently for, you know, two or two times a day. Once you do that, then you take formula two. That takes all those impurities and that's, that's really what the detox is, though, that tea that you're taking. And then you take that for a week. You take five packets a day for five days and boof, that flushes you right out. That thing is strong. It, 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 you know, and you also take the pills along with it. So I don't know how we got on bowel movements, but <laughs> I guess we talk about everything here. But, um, but again, um, you think going back to what I was saying about, you know, um, body positivity, the movement, you see, you know, you see people like influencers and musicians and celebrities like, you know, that girl Tess Holiday. she's a, a obese, overweight model, right? Um, you also have people like Lizzo, the, I think she's a musician, singer, who's, you know, uh, quite obese herself, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, and, and just really promoting that lifestyle. Now, I, I get it. We could all say, that's her life. That's hers. She wants to live it the way she wants. Yeah, that's fine. But the thing is that those people are very influential to other people around them, right? And what they're teaching people, right? What they're teaching that's acceptable today, right? And it's unfortunate that that we have to, you know, can't teach better eating habits. That we can't teach the importance of eating a balanced meal, teaching exercise, teaching things like that, right? I know that all of us are, can't be twigs. All of us can't be a size zero if you're a woman. And for a man, I mean, all of us men can't be a size small, right? because we're all different heights, weights, and, and that's what really makes a difference. It's all in proportion to your height, right? That's what makes a difference. Um, we're, we're not all here to be The Rock or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, um, in his prime, that is, <laughs> or even today, you know, for that matter. But, um, and that's not expected. What's expected that we have a, a healthy, healthy weight that allows us to have longevity in our life for the future especially for those who have kids who have a wife who have sons whoever a husband uh you know people in your life regardless if you're married or not you you may have people in your life you want to be around for we need to take better care of ourselves now i guess the argument and this is something i my wife brings up to me is like joseph well oh, not everybody loses weight that quickly not everybody uh, some people really struggle. Some people have a, a thyroid issue. Some people have high blood pressure. Some people are just, they just can't do it. 
and, and I don't know what to say to that. I know we all have very different health. And, you know, I can imagine that somebody who's like four to 500 pounds can't hardly move. That they walk and their knees ache or their, their, their ankles, you know, are sore or whatever. They just have a lot of weight to carry around. And all I can say to that is baby steps, start slow, change your diet a little bit. And that's not the only thing, you know. I'm not saying starve yourself, right? And some people take the extreme. Some people are like, I want to lose weight and I'm going to starve myself. And I, I've done that myself. Where I said, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to drink water for the next week. I'm going to be on a detox. And you know what that does? That does nothing. You know, it basically hurts you in the long run because you're actually starving. Your your body kind of, uh, your metabolism sh slows down dramatically when you don't feed it. And what happens is your body starts feeding on your muscles. And you may say, oh, I'm losing weight. Yeah, okay, well, you are. A lot of that, it's water that you're losing. But you're not losing weight, really. I mean, it may, maybe you are to a certain degree. I shouldn't say you're not because you are but you're really losing muscle and so I did that I did that um there was one time in I think 2013 or 14 I forget what it was yeah I think it was 2000 oh no 2012 where I fasted for close to 21 days I drank a lot of water I ate almost very minimal to nothing now I have my stomach hurt a lot during those times. I, at night, I would go to sleep hungry. My stomach would growl with indignation. It would just fight me. And then after, you know, about a few days, I was losing about two pounds a day, which is unnatural. And two pounds every day. I think eventually, like during that period, I lost like 10 or 15 pounds. Well, maybe more. Yeah, I think it was more than that. I forgot. It was a while ago. You know, um, I did eat on the weekends. <laughs> I didn't overeat, but I ate on the weekends. But I didn't hardly eat during the week. And, you know, you could say that's not natural. If you want to lose weight naturally, the average amount of weight loss per week is probably about two pounds. Two to three at the most. That's a natural weight loss. Um... And you have to eat. There's a certain amount of protein you should be eating, vegetables, drinks lots of water, um, and you have to exercise. But starvation doesn't work, folks. It never has and it never will. So I ended up gaining all the weight back it regardless, even a short period after that, you know. I know sometimes people fast because they're like, I have a wedding to go to. I have uh, this important event. I need to slim down. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But you want to do it to give yourself enough time so you lose it naturally so it's not going to come back. Right? And that's what I've been doing since January. Yeah, my weight hasn't. There's been points where I, I plateaued. You know? And... 
I wasn't losing weight and I gained a couple pounds and then I lost it and then I gained it back and then I lost it again and it's like a the the weight loss mambo you know it's just back and forth back and forth and it's very frustrating at times and I'm exercising every day I do a lot of cardio um, I don't really have a lot of weights here in my apartments I mean I do have some some um, uh, what is it uh, cables so to speak at home. And then we have a small gym in our apartment building, which has some, you know, a pull bar, it has, uh, you know, some other, you know, other types of weights, you know, um, which I use for chest, arms and shoulders and things like that. And I do cardio, I do push-ups, I do, you know, I do, um, what else, um, planks, I do planks a lot. Um, but I ultimately try to get my heart rate up quickly and I, I need to do that more. Um, sometimes I get too comfortable in just not pushing myself hard enough on the, on the treadmill. Um, I do like going outside at the park, um, which we have a, a park right behind our building, which I do like to go to. Um, I just feel like, you know, although I love going to the park, I love spending an hour there running around. I don't think I burn enough calories and Basic science says that if we want to lose weight, we have to have a deficit of calorie deficits into what we eat, right? So I eat approximately about 1,500 calories a day, sometimes less. So I try to have a deficit in my weight loss. So that way, every week I lose at least try to lose a pound or two if possible. But, you know, it's not easy. Sometimes that doesn't happen um, because, you know, our metabolisms change. I'm, I'm over 40. So it changes. It's not as, as not as up as it like once was, right? So I really, um, definitely something I'm working and struggling with. But anyways. All right. You know, I haven't played our next song yet. So let me play this. I think you guys will like this one. It's, it's one, uh, an artist that I've played before, but I, I don't know. It has some significance to me. I know all the words to it don't really have exact significance to my life, but I just like the meaning behind it, right? So here we go.
So have you guys ever lived on a prayer? Have you guys ever been, felt so stuck in your life or something that's really happened or impacted you that you have to get down and pray? Have you ever been broke? Have you ever been to a point where you've never had, you didn't have food on your table and you had kids to support, even yourself, where you were almost on the street or maybe you were on the street. There was somebody in your life that helped get you through that. Obviously, the, the, the source of my strength is, you know, God, Jesus, but also my wife, my daughter, my family. But not everybody has that. I mean, anybody can have God, meaning Jesus. And that's really all you need. Not that I want anybody to go hungry or starve, but sometimes that's what we need to happen to really open our eyes and show how precious life truly is. And there's, I know, there's a lot of people out there that suffer today in homelessness that go through that and God help them that they get through that next night and get to live another day. But many are not. Especially women and children. I mean, men are important too. But there's many women and men, women and children out there living on the street, living in poverty, living in tents, living in their cars with no sense of protection, getting abused, raped, and have no way to defend themselves. Right? And thinking about that, those times in our life where, you know, we were, I was living on a prayer with no job at a time, with no money in my pocket, with no food almost on the table. And my wife was there and my daughter was there feeling like a complete and utter failure, loser, where I had to get on my knees, literally, which is fine. I needed to do that and thank God and thank God for the, the breath that he gave me. Thank God for the things that he provided. Even when in my own mind, I felt like I needed more. I needed something more from God at that point. I needed a better job, more money. I needed, you know, whatever I needed deep down. I just needed to focus on him again. And there are points in our life where we have to do that. We should focus on God all the time. Now, many of you may not be believers in God or Jesus. You know, I am. And many of you know that. Right? And there were times where me and my wife just, you know, in the dead of night, I remember this one time, I was going through a very difficult time. I didn't have really a job. I was struggling financially, regularly. There was no money in my bank account. There was, I had to put food on the table, living at my father's house. Although my sister helped me, my dad helped me at time to time, which is a blessing, but I still needed to do it on my own. 
And there was one point where I just tossed and turned. And I just got up one night, middle of the night. It was probably around 2 in the morning, 2 or 3. Got down on my hands and knees and just wept and just cried. And prayed to God to change the path of my life for the path of change the path of our lives of where we were headed right he did and he continues to do that in our life every day it's not easy it's not easy we live in a world where things are just getting worse Harder, scarier at times. Sometimes you just take a deep sigh or deep breath and try to hold, think of what you know, where our world's headed, right? Try not to think about what I don't have. But it's not that easy. You know? Yeah, would I like more money? Of course. I'm happy with my job. You know? Wife is working. She's happy, content. Although the people drive her crazy. Like any employer. But, um... I feel me and her are content. For many years, you know, she didn't work. She took care of our daughter, which is our decision. And it was a blessing because she got to be there for our daughter. Got to watch her grow up those very formative years. Which I've said this time and time again. We're very thankful for that. Although I I struggled. I sacrificed. We both did, actually. But financially, it, it affected us because I was the one working two jobs. You know? And it wasn't easy. But anyways. Let me just read something here. Called Inner Strength. It's from my devotional. From Ephesians 3.16. Strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And it reads, Are you tired of your cell phone dying? Researchers are working on a generation of wearable technology that can convert your body's movements into energy for powering your personal devices. You produce a lot of energy when your feet rise and fall and strike the pavement. With the right technology embedded in your shoes, for example, the energy could be harnessed to the power of your phone. Who knows whether this technology will work, but the spiritual application is true. The energy you need for living is already inside you. It is the indwelling Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, He sends His Spirit to occupy your body and soul. That's the power of omnipotence, and that's the energy of God. When we receive the power of the Christian walk and for the Christian work by means of the fullness of the Spirit, we should pray daily for strength and, and might through the Spirit of our inner being. When trouble comes, we discover a fresh the inner strengthening of the Holy Spirit's presence. He gives us the power to walk in victory. So walk in spirit, keep in strength with Him, and let 
his power give you the strength you need today? Right? Which is, I can't argue with that. Because there were times where I needed to walk with him. I need to walk with him all the time. Right? We all do. Now some of you may say, oh, well, don't preach to me. I don't, I'm not a believer. Okay? Well, maybe you should. Again, I'm not here to convert anybody. You know, but this is part of who I am. My faith. What keeps me going. My belief system. Right? We all have it. We all believe in something. I truly believe that. Well, I don't believe in God. Okay. Well, you should. Because God is our creator. Right? And maybe you should really thank God for your presence. Your abilities. Your, your mind. Your, your, who you are. Because you, you, we weren't just created out of dust. We're a complicated organism that only God could create. But anyways, let me uh, leave us on another note here. I'm going to play one last song, which kind of just sets the tone for October, which in a few weeks is Halloween. So let, let's see. I, I played this song before. It's been a while, but you know what? I don't know if I played it last year. I probably did, but why not? This song's really old. I, I'm just curious. When was this song created? Monster Mash. Nineteen sixty-two. Wow. Novelty song by Bobby Boris Pickett. 
Wow, that's a long time ago, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Wow, and it's still a classic, right? Well, everybody, we've had a fantastic or good conversation as I can see it. I, th I thank you for being here with me. I, I appreciate, as once again, your support of supporting me each and every day. I couldn't do it without you, right? You know, I thank you and I applaud you. So thank you all for everyone with your support. Many blessings this week, this weekend, these coming weeks ahead in October. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Continue to listen, continue to have these conversations with Just Talk with Joe Meyer. And thank you for being a part of my life. And hopefully, thank you for allowing me to be part of yours. Have a great night, everybody. It's night where I'm at, anyways. <laughs> and uh, God bless.